Author Pearl Buck once wrote, The truly creative mind in any field is no more than this, a human creature born abnormally, inhumanely sensitive. To him, a touch is a blow, a sound is a noise, a misfortune is a tragedy, a joy is an ecstasy, a friend is a lover, a lover is a god, and failure is death. Add to this cruelly delicate organism the overpowering necessity to create, 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 so that without the creating of music or poetry or books or buildings or something of meaning, his very breath is cut off from him. He must create, must pour out creation. By some strange, unknown, inward urgency, he is not really alive unless he is creating. Hello and welcome to the Creative Shoe Fly Podcast. I'm Thomas Butel. This podcast is about my creative process. And one thing I found is that I really get in my way a lot when it comes to making art and being creative. I want to do this podcast because I know it will force me to think more deeply about creativity. I'm hoping that doing this will push me and challenge me to create better art. Today, I've invited a guest to talk about the relationship between the highly sensitive trait and creativity. My guest is Rain Dahl. She is co-creator of HSP World and also an indie author. She's published a book called Unmasking, a page-turning espionage thriller. I've read it. It's, it actually is exactly that. It's, it's definitely a page turner and it's thrilling to read. Hello, Rain. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here to talk about this. You know, we both identify as having the HSP trait. HSP stands for highly sensitive person. And I'm wondering if you could uh, just speak for a moment about what the HSP trait is. Okay, so what it means to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, sure. For me, the sort of the way I find easy to relate to it is basically having a nervous system that's highly tuned. So as opposed to, you know, 80 to 85% of the rest of the population. So having a nervous system that's highly tuned, that's going to mean noticing subtleties in my environment. That's going to be, you know, noticing temperature changes, mm-hmm. subtle smells, you know, can relate to food. It can relate to hearing. So it's like, say an HSP and a non-HSP walk into a room, a non-HSP will notice, you know, five things in the first 20 seconds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. An HSP will notice, you know, 15 things (laughs) in that same amount of time. Mm -hmm. So basically their nervous system is just highly tuned. And, you know, food, all kinds of things can affect that. Other people's energy, you know, all kinds of things. So that's how I find it easiest to relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
The HSP trait comes out of research done by Dr. Elaine Aaron, mm -hmm. and she's written a number of books about her research. The main book is The Highly Sensitive Person, and I'll put, uh, I'll put links in the show notes to the books. Mm -hmm. She's also done a lot of work around parenting and especially highly sensitive parenting. She's also written books about HSPs or highly sensitive persons in relationships. Mm -hmm. So she's developed a, a fairly large body of work around this trait. Mm -hmm. And there are a, a number of other researchers that are starting to pick up on it and, and do research on it as well. There's also a movie that I found when I was running an HSP meetup group, um, we would have showings of her movie called Sensitive, The Untold Story. Mm-hmm which is an amazing resource for people who maybe aren't sure if they have the trait or not, or mm -hmm. if they have recently discovered they have the trait and they'd, you know, like a little bit more information on it, but they don't want to dive into the book yet. Sensitive, the untold story is a, is a great movie to watch. And it's not really that, I think it's about an hour long, something like that, but it's on Amazon. Right. So you can rent it and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the people in the movie is uh, singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette, mm -hmm. and she identifies with the HSP trait and has talked about it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And for people who are interested in learning more about the HSP trait, she has a wonderful podcast where she interviews Dr. Elaine Aaron. She and, and Dr. Aaron go over something called the DOSE acronym, which stands for depth of processing, overstimulation, emotional responsiveness, and sensitivity to subtle stimuli. Uh, so I highly recommend that. And again, I'll put this in the show notes so you can uh, listen to it. Alanis is an amazing artist. And this sort of is a good segue into my interest in creativity and how the HSP trait relates to creativity. Mm. How do you relate creativity to the HSP trait? Mm. Well, to me, from, from what I can gather so far, when I look at how creativity kind of works for me and how I've noticed it work for other HSPs are one of the things HSPs are good at is noticing patterns and then noticing anomalies in patterns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and sometimes those anomalies are subtle and HSPs process information differently. So I think that's something to, you know, to, to that, you know, it took me a little while to kind of feel into that one and, and understand it because of course we can, you know, we're, we're coming, we're always coming from only our own perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So realizing that, oh, okay, not, okay, so <laughs> everybody, everybody else doesn't process information like this, but maybe, you know, 15 to 20% of the population processes information somewhat like this, similarly, essentially. So I just find that to me, because HSPs process information differently, so noticing the subtleties, noticing any anomalies and patterns, that 
gives way to such a rich plethora of ways that they can then express that. Mm -hmm. So if you think of it in terms of music, there's music chords or patterns essentially, right? Right, right. And sometimes those anomalies add really interesting twists and can bring up really powerful emotions in us, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that resonate um, with HSPs are things like music and plays and movies and books and things like this, because I think that's part of the, um, I don't know what you could call it. That's part of the, you know, creativity. There's a, there's a level of angst that comes with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say that's an understatement, I would say. Because, you know, we can feel it when we're creating it that, no, it's just, it's not capturing what I, what I know is there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so going back to it or sometimes leaving it because it's like, no, it's just not the right time for that particular piece of art, whatever that is, whether it's a song or lyrics or a poem or whatever it is. So yeah, there is a level of angst that comes with it as well, but it's also, um, it's also really cool in that it's exercising your, your, your creative muscle is actually really fun because it's about being curious and experimenting Mm -hmm. and seeing where that takes you. And that I think is, um, you know, that, that's one of the things we tend to lose when you look at children, they're intrinsically happy and curious and creative. And so that's, that's one of the things that I think is so wonderful about creativity is it can, it can bring us back into that state, you know, into that playful state into that playful state. Absolutely. Where, you know, we don't have any expectations and we're just doing it for the enjoyment of it Mm -hmm. and just being, being in it, you know? Right. We're not thinking about social judgment. No, no, not at all. No. I'm curious about something you said. You said noticing patterns and anomalies. I'm I'm curious about the anomaly part. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about there when you're saying that? Hmm. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Okay, so one year for three or four months, I drove to Alaska and I worked there for about four months during the, the late spring and in the summer uh-huh. because I, I don't want to spend a winter there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. So with that, of course, there are different smells. You know, there, there's different trees, there's different plants. Some are similar, you know, and some are the same as where I'm from, but some are different. Of course, different humidity levels, which you can smell in the air, um, you know, all that type of thing. And one day I was working in a cabin and I could smell propane Mm. and it smelled quite strong to me, you right. know, right. and I noticed it about two minutes after I walked into the cabin and I thought, hmm. So I 
I waited a moment because I knew that someone else was going to be coming along shortly. So I could ask them because, you know, that's a danger sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Know? And uh, yeah, a few minutes later, someone came along and opened the door and I said, can you smell propane? They said, no, they couldn't smell propane. And I thought that's really odd. Hmm. And I knew another person was going to be coming along shortly after. So they came along and I asked them, can you smell propane? And they said, no, they couldn't smell propane. And they were both really good. They both, you know, stood there and, you know, really smelled the air and mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. they couldn't smell it. So after the second person, I thought, well, this is ridiculous because it's all I smell. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. It's uh -huh. so strong that I just don't understand why they're not smelling it. So I told both of them, there's a propane link. I know there's a propane link and I can smell it really strongly. And, you know, can we check it out? And uh, so they went and got some water and some liquid soap and the propane tank was sitting outside the cabin. Yeah. Uh, right next to it, but, but outside of it. And using some, a bit of water and some soap, they put it where like, the hose like the connects to the propane tank. Oh, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, there were big bubbles, big bubbles. It was there really leaking. It was leaking very badly. Uh-huh. So that's what I mean by anomalies. When things are out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can be noticing things out of the ordinary in terms of sight, you know, smell, sound, you know, taste, mm -hmm. all kinds of things, you know. You'll you'll sometimes hear people with the HSP trait saying, "I just, I knew something was off by the way they text." Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. You know, so it can even get as subtle as that, because it's that's energy essentially. You know, yeah. somehow getting that understanding from how long it takes that person to respond to the exact words they say and how they say them and you know all of it to, to come to the conclusion hmm something's off <laughs> that's an anomaly mm -hmm. <laughs> for this person essentially right yeah so yeah so that that's how I understand it how do you understand it in terms of HSPs and creativity Thomas yeah for me there's it relates to to subtlety I notice that in, in myself, I tend to notice very subtle differences when I'm out and about, when I'm in nature, or even when I'm, you know, when I'm painting or whatnot, I, I'm very much paying attention to what, let's say I'm, I'm painting with watercolor, you know, I'm really paying attention to what the water is, the watercolor is doing, how the, how the pigments are flowing. And for some reason... <laughs> This, this is funny to me, but I like gradients and I don't know if that has anything to, you know, I'm, I'm just relating it sort of freeform right now in my mind. But one of the, one of the beautiful things about watercolors is that you get these, these wonderful gradients where things can go from light to dark. And, mm -hmm. and so there's something for me about, about subtle differences mm -hmm. and, and those seem very interesting to me, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when you talk about gradients with, in relation to watercolors, that reminds me of emotions and the gradients of emotions we can feel. Mm -hmm. 
and how that must be such a, a wonderful medium to express yourself, you know, depending on how you're feeling, the gradient can be really bright and rich or more subtle and soft, you know? Well, one of the things that I know that I struggle with is how to translate all those emotions mm. to whether it's a painting that I'm doing, a drawing, or if I'm writing, how do I tell the story? Mm. So there's something to that about how do, how do you translate all this great emotional material that you feel that you're picking up all the time mm. from having the HSP trait? How do you translate that? Because mm. I think there's always that desire to explain your experience and have p other people see it, mm. you know, as, as a form of connection. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean by that. So I want to explore the topic of inspiration because I think that has some relationship to the HSP trait. Uh, do you do you think about how inspiration arrives to you? Well, yes, I do because you know it's funny, and I believe a lot of artistic people are like this or or draw their inspiration from this. And, and to me, it's about states of consciousness mm -hmm. because I, I don't I don't believe. I mean, I, I I'm just a vehicle. You know, I'm just yeah. kind of a physical vehicle here and, and that's coming through me. It's not really, you know, mine, like it is, but it's not, you know, <laughs> I have, I have read so many artists say that yeah. exact thing. Like they're just the vehicle. They're just the, like, almost like the translator. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's a very different experience to I, I guess you could say devote yourself to that mm -hmm. because it does take discipline, you know, because, you know, I, I have to say my first understanding of different states of consciousness, and I didn't realize it at the time, but it came at a young age from when I drowned. Mm -hmm. So when I had a near death experience and I drowned and, you know, I left my body, but I didn't, it, it, my my NDE is a little bit different from what I've heard other people say similar though but essentially uh, when I drowned basically everything went black mm -hmm. um, around the outside of my vision and then it kept closing into a white a, a white pin you know pinhole type of thing mm -hmm. and then that pinhole started opening and that light kept getting brighter and brighter but at the same time I felt like I was being hurtled forward really fast, mm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. really fast. And then I was just in this other place and I didn't have a form, you know, I didn't, there, there were no physical bodies. There was no, you know, trees and, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't like that. It was pure energy. It was just yeah. pure energy, pure enlightened consciousness. It was like unconditional love. Mm -hmm you know, hopefully more people understand what that means, but it was just, it was amazing. It was just amazing. Yeah. And then I was sort of told that I had to go back, meaning back to, you know, my body. 
right, right. <laughs> and I was like, no, I like it here because, <laughs> because you're not constrained there, right? So <laughs> yeah. You're not constrained by anything. So, but anyways, that was one consciousness I experienced. And then when I came back through that tunnel, I was essentially hovering over my physical body, which was laying on the, um, the deck basically mm -hmm. by the lake. At, at and, that point but, you'd have been, been pulled out. I must've been. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I wasn't aware of it because, you know, I was in that other consciousness. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I came back to the second set of consciousness, I was kind of like ghost-like and I, you know, I had a brain and I was hovering over, like I was looking over top of down on my body and my grandmother was giving me CPR. Yeah. And I was like, you know, very detached, like, oh, is that me? You know, like, yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> what's happening there? Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Like not worried, you know, not concerned at all, but it was also a different form of consciousness, mm -hmm. right? To then all of a sudden feeling like I had been like that spirit part of me had been slammed into my, my physical body. And that's when I regained, I don't know what you call it, because the, I guess the third form of consciousness, right? Yeah. Where I was inhabiting my body, my physical body and rolling over and, you know, heaving and mm -hmm, throwing mm -hmm. up water and mm -hmm, all that mm -hmm. unpleasantness. So. Yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of confusing to me growing up because I knew I was different and I knew part of that was the HSP trait, but I think also part of that was from having experienced those different types of consciousness. Right. Right. Yeah. When I am like that with my practice of connecting to that state of consciousness mm -hmm. where I was actually where it was just all energy for me, that's where a lot of it, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. The inspiration doesn't come when I am actually enjoying myself there, you know, but it might be afterward when I go for a walk and I'm just on a walk, not thinking about anything. And then all of a sudden an idea will pop up right? or I'll see something and it, and, or I'll read something or have a chat with somebody or whatever it is. And it'll be like, Oh, wouldn't this be cool? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's where the different inspirations pop up. So it's not like I expect these inspirations to come to me when I'm in that state of consciousness, because I don't, I'm just enjoying that state of consciousness and using it as a way to allow that energy to mm -hmm. use me as a medium, I guess, or a, tool. But it sounds to me that you are very open to hearing the inspirations when they do come, when you're not thinking about being inspired, when you're just doing your walks or whatever you might be doing, you say, oh, look at that. There's something that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it'll usually come up on, oh, wouldn't that be cool? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do I want to try that? Yeah, let's try that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then, and then trying it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you perceive any downsides 
to having the HSP trait and creativity? Mm. You know, like, like burnout or. Well, I think the most common thing for HSPs is that they try to behave and live their lives as non HSPs. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a big creativity killer to Mm -hmm. me because we require a lot more downtime, a lot more processing time, you know, being highly creative, you, you have to create those pockets and enough space for you to actually do nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, as weird as it sounds, do nothing. You know, I think there's, you know, there's been studies done where by reducing work weeks down to 30, you know, hours a week, employees are far more productive than employees working 40 hour weeks. I've heard that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, you know, these are scientific studies that have proven it. And so you add that on top of, because that essentially is telling us that that's an unhealthy lifestyle, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Because to be productive, you know, if you're productive, then that's, that's what, you know, what we want. Right. And for an HSP, you might as well double that. You know, you might as well double that because mm-hmm. they can be highly, highly productive. I mean, when I get on a creative thing, I mean, that's it. Like yeah. I'll go for 16 hours a day, you know, like nothing will stop me. Like It's just, you know, 10 minutes to eat, maybe, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I am so enjoying what I'm doing and I'm so loving it and I'm so just in it. You know what I mean? So that after that, whatever has been created, that's it. I'm exhausted. I'm done for a while. You know, (laughs) like I'm going to relax, you know, I'm going to relax and rest and then connect, connect to, you know, higher consciousness and that next inspiration will come to me and then away we'll go again, you know? So it's, it's very different from, say a nine to five job where you do, 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 you know, it's not like that. That's very Mm -hmm. kind of monotonous. Whereas when you're in a creative way of being, it's more like waves, you know? Yeah. They really are more like waves that you go up and you're highly, 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 highly productive. And then it's like, okay, because it's like, it just has to burst out of you. You know, it's (laughs) like, it's like, oh, this is so cool. You know, and all these ideas are coming to you. And so you're just so excited and it's just so cool. And it's pretty much me all the time. Right. <laughs> and, and you're so, you, you really hit the nail on the head. It's like, I, I know for I, myself, I do not give myself enough time to just sit and do nothing mm-hmm. because there's just that, 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 that energy that's just there. Yeah, that expectation that you must be productive at all times right. or yeah. producing something or whatever it is, you know, really comes down to, well, you know, yeah, I could produce something, but will it be a, the quality that I know I'm capable of? 
that I'll be like, oh, this is so cool. Like that I know I won't care what anybody else thinks about it. I'm just in love with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then, you know, like doing it for your own enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's the a biggest, the biggest thing for HSPs is to, yeah, to just understand that giving yeah, yourself you, that time. Yeah. You need that downtime. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's downtime because you're actually processing information in that downtime. There's a lot of information we're taking in that we don't realize we're taking in mm-hmm. that we're processing and, and giving ourselves that space where we can just allow ourselves to do that. And that could mean just relaxing, doing nothing, listening to music or not listening to anything or reading or, you know, like you say, painting or drawing. I recently got a kalimba the other day Mm -hmm. and it it sounds like this. Hmm. Well, that's great. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So just giving yourself different things to play with that you enjoy, you know, in your downtime and just enjoying it. I think that's the thing is we feel pressured to produce something, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, that sense of obligation, wherever that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. We make it up, you know, it's, it's, we make it up in our mind, but it's, it's there. Yeah. We make it up in our mind or, or yeah. Or comparing to other artists, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. I mean, it's all basically just finding what works for you. You know, finding that nice, nice, good rhythm. It's a rhythm, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when you find that rhythm, you know, you know, stick to it, stick to it, which means having uh, good, healthy boundaries and saying no to other things and, you know, that kind of thing, because creativity is just an absolutely amazing outlet for HSPs. It really is. It, it is. It's healing. It's engaging. It involves our imaginations and involves our senses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all the things that we're, I mean, everybody's blessed with those things, but HSPs, you know, basically if, if we have to put up with the, you know, downsides of having the trait, which is getting overstimulated and, you know, all these kinds of things, yeah. then we might as well enjoy the good things about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Rain, thank you so much. This was a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this. Oh, thank you, Thomas. I really, I really enjoyed it. I, right. I, I like talking about it. We haven't, uh, we haven't chatted about this before. So yeah. like in this way, so in this yeah. way, yeah, in this way. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate that you took the time to listen. I hope there was an idea or two that will help spark your creativity. And I hope you will join me for the next episode of Creative Shoe Fly. Until then, stay safe and stay creative.